Visions Now. Visions Now. Visions Now. Visions Now is resilience. Visions Now is community. It is enlightenment and it's the promising future that we're all working towards. Human trafficking is one of the byproducts of structural oppression. Welcome to another episode of Visions Now. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. I sat down with Jamie Beck, the managing attorney of an organization called Free to Thrive, which provides legal services to victims of human trafficking. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Um, Can you tell us about Free to Thrive? What is your organization? What do you do? Absolutely. So Free to Thrive is a Southern California-based nonprofit organization, and we provide legal services and other support to survivors of human trafficking. I think human trafficking is a word that maybe we hear often, but don't always really understand the definition of. Can you tell me and our listeners, um, how do you define human trafficking? Absolutely. The easiest way to think about human trafficking is exploiting another person for purposes of commercial sex or labor, uh, and also a commercial sex act involving a minor, because a minor can't consent to engage in commercial sex. And a lot of people conflate human trafficking with human smuggling, which is illegally bringing somebody across an international border. With human trafficking, you actually don't need to bring to leave a city or a county. Somebody could be trafficked in a single city. And if you have the elements of force, fraud, or coercion, or a commercial sex act that involves a minor, that's human trafficking. Mm. Thank you. And so... Can you tell us a little more about the mission and vision of Free to Thrive? Absolutely. So I started Free to Thrive five years ago, and I started it because in San Diego and in, unfortunately, most parts of our country, there were not legal services for human trafficking survivors. And I started working with uh, one survivor on a pro bono basis. I was in private practice at the time, and she needed help uh, clearing her criminal record related to her exploitation. And what I learned in the process is that there are so many more survivors like her who need help with all kinds of legal issues, clearing criminal records, um, changing their names to stay safe from their traffickers and get a fresh start, help getting custody of their kids, getting divorced, getting restraining orders, um, help with open criminal cases, and just a whole host of other civil legal needs. And so I actually quit my job at my law firm to start Free to Thrive. And so you mentioned some of the legal services um, that you all provide. Can you tell us a little more, like maybe if there's someone listening who who needs legal services, um, how, how could they, how could you be a resource to them? Absolutely. So one of the main things that we do is help survivors clear their criminal records. And when I first started doing this work, we actually didn't have a law in California that allows survivors to clear their work. And I was part of um, a group through our Feminist Bar Association that advocated for a law that's called vacature um, that helps survivors clear their records. And it's actually broader than an expungement. And so what it does is it gives a human trafficking survivor who has a nonviolent criminal charge related to their exploitation a complete clean start. Uh, it completely wipes the rep- rec- 
record clean um, when we're finished with their cases. And that's actually a, a lot of the work that we do at Free to Thrive is helping our clients clear their records and get a fresh start. And we've really been spearheading that in California. In addition to that, unfortunately, a lot of our clients are married to and have children with their exploiters and abusers. What that means is that even once they've made the decision, I want to get out of this life, I want to move forward, I don't want to be exploited anymore, they still have to untangle that relationship in order to, to completely move forward. And oftentimes traffickers and abusers too often will use the family law system as a continued form of abuse. And so they will fight for custody of their children, not because they want to parent those children. Maybe they do. But most of the time, it's because they want to have control over that person. And when they say, you're not going to control me anymore, they find a way to control them by saying, I'm going to take your kids away because I know that is the most important thing to you. Um, so we fight for custody. We help them get divorced and we get restraining orders so that they can stay safe. I I think one of the things that comes up for me as someone who really knows, I don't know much about human trafficking um, is like trying to understand as, you know, like a feminist, right? Like as someone who wants to be supportive of all women in the way that they choose to use their bodies or make money. How do we understand the relationship between sex work and human trafficking, like people who see themselves as sex workers because they want to be sex workers versus people who are stuck in the life outside of their, you know, their, their choice, their choosing. It's a really important question. I'm glad you asked it. I will do my best to answer it. I will say that this is a really tough subject. It's extremely divisive in the human trafficking space. And I'm, I couldn't possibly even do justice to this complex issue in this answer, but I'm going to do my best. Um, the, the main thing to keep in mind when we're talking about sex work versus human trafficking is that human trafficking requires force, fraud, or coercion or sex trafficking of a minor. If somebody, if there isn't force, fraud, or coercion, if somebody is engaging in voluntary sex work, that's not human trafficking. Now there's a lot of kiddos out there who are engaging in sex work who feel like it's my body, my choice. Legally, they cannot consent to engage in sex work. And, you know, we have a lot of conversations about, you know, who's out there buying children to have sex with them. But the reality is it's still human trafficking, whether they feel like it's voluntary or not. But the vast majority of the time, especially when we're talking about kids, even when people are very much, um, you know, feel like this is a choice that they have made. There's so often elements of force, fraud, or coercion or vulnerabilities that lead somebody down that path. Um, and very often with sex workers, even if they're engaging in voluntary sex work, no force, fraud, or coercion, they're not a minor, they often have the very same vulnerabilities as someone who was trafficked. Homelessness, poverty, they're a former foster youth or a runaway. They were trafficked as a child and now they're an adult. They're a member of the LGBT community. They are a racial minority. There are so many of the same vulnerabilities that might put somebody on the path to human trafficking or to, um, to sex work who maybe aren't experiencing exploitation. The other thing I want to say, there's a lot here. Uh, the other thing I have to say is I personally, and this is, this is just my personal belief, 
I believe that sex work is exploitative, even if you don't have somebody forcing you to do it, because of the stories that I've heard from my clients about abuse and violence that they suffered at the hands of their sex buyers. So we think of, you know, traffickers as being the violent ones and, you know, those engaging in sex work are really just, you know, it's a transaction. Somebody wants to sell sex. Somebody wants to buy sex. The reality is there is a, you know, not all sex buyers, but there is a subset of sex buyers with the mindset of I paid for you and I own you for an hour or two or 30 minutes and I can do whatever I want to. And so many of my clients have had near death experiences and others have been killed by their sex buyers. Um, which leads me to, <laughs> to another question. I think you started to talk about it, but um, if, if there's more that you can say about the relationship between human trafficking and structural oppression. Absolutely. Human trafficking and structural oppression are intertwined. Human trafficking is one of the byproducts of structural oppression. Issues in our society like racism, sexism, capitalism, they're the root causes of human trafficking. And as a result, in order to eliminate human trafficking, you know, we talk, there's so much talk, especially in the human trafficking community about, you know, we need to go after the bad guys, we need more prosecution, or, you know, we need to go after sex buyers, or we need to provide services to survivors. The reality is, if we really want to stop human trafficking, we have to address all of these deep-seated issues in our society. But that's really, really hard to do. And so it's much easier to say, lock up the bad guys. Um, but we also have to think about, and this is another really controversial thing to say, especially in my community of the anti-trafficking community, we have to look at and have empathy for an understanding of everybody involved in human trafficking, including traffickers, including sex buyers. Mm. And if we start to look at that from a you know racial justice lens, very often those engage in you know exploiting other people, trafficking other people. They have their own traumas. They have their own, you know, structural oppression that they've suffered. And this was a life choice that they made. And, you know, I had a conversation with one survivor who is really the person who taught me this perspective because it, you know, hearing from a survivor is very different than anybody else saying we should have empathy for traffickers. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And she said, if you look at the little girl who grows up and is trafficked and the little boy who grows up to become a trafficker, they have the same like the same trauma, the same, the same challenges and the same barriers, especially if we're talking about black and brown individuals and other marginalized communities as, you know, each, they, as each other. Right. So we, we can't take that away and, and not understand that there's, you know, little kids, little boys and girls don't grow up and say, I want to be exploited. I want to exploit other people. Society created an environment where that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. So with Human Trafficking Awareness Day coming up, um, what are some important things that you think our audience needs to know about human trafficking as a social justice issue? I think it's important to remember that we can't, we can't forget or ignore the fact that this is happening in our communities because we don't see it every day. You know, in in a community, you know, most uh, urban areas and many other areas have homelessness where you walk down the street and you see homeless people 
and you know that's an issue impacting your community. Human trafficking is something that happens under the surface and behind closed doors, especially when we talk about sex trafficking. And it's so important to really, you know, become aware of what this is, who it impacts, and what we can do as a society to address the underlying causes of human trafficking and also support survivors. Because I think for me, like you're saying, it's something that I can walk around ignoring if it's not directly affecting me. Data in this space is really problematic because it's measuring something that is inherently um, underground. You're measuring an underground economy, right? And I've, I can give you, you know, local statistics for San Diego and Los Angeles. Every, every, what I can say is that every community in America has human trafficking everywhere. Anybody who thinks it's not happening in their community, I'm sorry to say it is because even if maybe you don't have, you don't think you have sex trafficking, if you're in a rural area, a huge place where sex trafficking is happening is on our truck routes. Truckers buy sex. They're out on the road by themselves. They stop at a truck stop. They buy sex. That's one place. Um, any transportation hub, people are going through any major sporting events. People go to places to buy sex. People that go to conventions go to conventions and buy sex. And even if we're just setting aside sex trafficking, which is happening in your community, I guarantee it, people will find a way. Um, we, we don't talk enough about labor trafficking. And every community has some form of exploitation, whether it's domestic workers working in people's homes, um, whether it's people within the hospitality industry, farm workers. Um, people working in restaurants, nail salons, massage businesses. Any community has people who are being exploited every single day. And you're probably seeing those people everywhere you go. You just don't know that they're being exploited. Thank you. That's really important. Um, so what are some resources that you can tell us about for you know, people who are interested in learning more or like getting involved with trying to stop human trafficking, because um, we can add them on the bottom of the podcast as a link. Definitely check out Free to Thrive's website, freetothrive.org. Um, we are going to have a lot of resources this month, in particular for Human Trafficking Awareness Month. We actually have a four-part video, five-part video series that we're rolling out to really help people understand our client population, understand who victims and survivors are. I think people have a lot of negative stereotypes in their mind about somebody who experiences exploitation. And we're really trying this Human Trafficking Awareness Month to dispel those myths. We have other resources on our website. We have a ton of trainings where you can go and learn more about the issue. And I think that's the thing I'd say to everybody is, you know, what I've given you now is just a, a little tiny taste of what there is to know about human trafficking. I can't in this short time together teach you everything that there is to know. So I encourage you to be intellectually curious and learn more and then share what you've learned with others, whether it's sharing it on your social media um, or sharing it just in conversation saying, hey, I listened to this podcast and, you know, I was really surprised to learn that, you know, human trafficking isn't smuggling somebody across the border. Um, just having conversations brings so much awareness in our communities. So, yeah, those are a couple of tips. And I'll say also on our social media, Free to Thrive SD, uh, you'll be able to find those videos and a lot more this uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month.